Do you live looking for the return of Jesus, or could you care less? Did you know the Bible promises a special reward for those who live looking for the return of Jesus? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My co-host, Nathan Jones, and I are going to be interviewing Tim Moore who about a new booklet that he has uh, just uh, published. He is our associate evangelist and my designated successor. Well, Tim, let's jump right in it. Tell us about this booklet. What's it titled and what's it about? Well, the booklet is titled, Looking Forward to the Reign of Jesus Christ, and it talks about the millennial kingdom of Jesus when He comes back to earth to reign here on earth. And so, we are looking forward to that glorious day. Excellent. What motivated you to write a book about the Millennial Kingdom? Well, as we were discussing the transition that's about to occur next year, Dave challenged me to write a book <laughs> or booklet that would address some of the topics that we key on all the time. The soon return of Jesus Christ, why we are so excited about proclaiming that glorious message, and what the beliefs are that we hold as folks here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. So, I was going to write a book about premillennialism. As a matter of fact, initially I was going to say why I am a premillennialist and why it matters. But then I realized that by titling the book about why I am a premillennialist, it puts the focus on me. And I wanted the focus to be on Jesus Christ. Because really Amen. it's all about Jesus. It's about His return and His reign. And so that's where I came up with the title of the book. And I will give credit to the staff here. We have tremendous uh, group of people who work together each and every day. And so whether it's the beautiful graphics uh, created by Jana or even some uh, banter over the title, the final version was looking forward to the reign of Jesus Christ. And that's really what this ministry is all about, right? We look forward to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Okay, we talk a lot about the signs leading up to that, yes. but what happens after? And your book tells us what happens after Jesus returns and sets up His it kingdom. It certainly does. And again, it puts the focus on Jesus Christ right where it should but be. But when you open the cover, yes, we discover a subtitle. Yes, and that there goes back to that original yeah. title, why I'm a premillennialist and why it matters. So okay. yes, the focus is on Jesus, but why does it matter? Well, let's take off from that for just a moment. Okay. What is the majority viewpoint in Christendom today? Is it the premillennial view? No, the majority viewpoint, quite frankly, is the amillennial view. The, well, what is that? The amillennial. It sounds like you're clearing your throat. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. And to, on a day like today, perhaps I would be. But the amillennial is sort of like the word atypical or asymptomatic. If you say a person is asymptomatic, that means they have no symptoms. So, well, in the Greek language, that's the way you negate a word. Is you put negate a in front exactly. of it. Exactly. So, amillennial no. says there is no millennium. And so, people who are amillennial in their perspective don't believe in a millennium. They don't believe Jesus is coming back to reign. Well, they don't believe in a literal millennium. A literal. Now, they do that's believe a in good a millennium. Point. Yes, they but do. It's a different kind. Well, they spiritualize the length of time to where it's no longer 1,000 years, as said six different yeah. times in Revelation. <laughs> but they chapter spiritualize 20. the whole millennium because they claim we're in it right now. They claim that Jesus is reigning as we speak 
from heaven, and it's a spiritual reign through the church and through the believers here on earth. Well, well Tim, I'll, people, I'll like, go ahead. Oh, well, well, you kept saying millennium, just in case somebody doesn't know. When you say millennium, what does that mean? Okay, the, so the millennium is the word for a thousand. So right. uh, you can think of mill being the, the word that we use even for a thousand in a lot of cases today. Uh, millimeter, thousand meters, or a thousandth of a meter. So mill is one thousand. Millianum means thousand years. Exactly. It's Latin. Exactly. And the Bible tells us that Christ's kingdom will be on this earth for one thousand years. One thousand years. Yes. Well, all I can say is, if Jesus is reigning on a, over a millennium right now, he's doing a very poor job. Well, and we've made that very clear because the people who would claim that, and a lot of them have not thought it through, but they've just kind of adopted this default position of the church, and they would say Jesus is reigning, but. How has he uh, kept Satan from having any sway over the earth? They say, well, Satan's being restrained. Well, not very effectively, obviously, because Satan seems to be having sway over the earth right well, now. Here's the thing that comes out of that is that uh, all the early church fathers were premillennial. Yes. They, they took the Bible to mean exactly what it said, a literal interpretation that Jesus was going to come back and reign for a thousand years. So, how did, how did we get away from that so that the majority of the church became amillennial? Well, I think you're exactly right, Dave. Even when Jesus was here, the Apostles thought that He was about to set up That's His Kingdom right. right then. Multiple times they last said... Last question they asked. The last question, is it now that you're going to set up your Kingdom? And He didn't say, no, you have it all wrong, there won't be a Kingdom. He just said, no, it is not now, and it is not for you to know the time, only the Father knows the time. But the expectation of a Kingdom is clear from the prophetic Word, which is why the disciples expected that the Lord would set up a kingdom. Early in the church, the fathers, having learned from those apostles, also believed that the Lord would return soon and very soon and set up His kingdom. But over time, I believe that there are two primary reasons that the church moved away from an expectation of Jesus' soon return and for a millennial kingdom. Okay. One was due to what I call Christian anti-Semitism. There was a rejection of much of the Jewishness of Scripture. And you say, well, how can you get away from the Jewish Scriptures? But they wanted to divorce themselves from the Jewish roots of Christianity. And they did that very prominently. As a matter of fact, to the point that even the uh, holidays that we celebrate commemorating Jesus' birth and His resurrection, they tried to remove those away from their Jewish roots. Why? Because the Jews were not embracing Christianity, and so the that's strange. Because the original church was all Jewish, all 100%. Jewish, mm -hmm. exactly right. But as right. it began to bring more Gentiles in, the Gentiles turned against the Jews. They did to the point that they called them Christ killers, and they said, "Well, all those promises that were given to the Jewish people, we're going to appropriate those for the church." And they discounted any plan of God. So the church for the is the new people. Israel. Uh, that's what they would have claimed. And to this day, there are many who buy into that kind of replacement theology mentality. But the other thing I believe that feeds into the church's rejection of a millennial reign is what I'll call pride or Christian hubris. As the church began to have sway, and I'll point back all the way to when the Roman Emperor Constantine embraced Christianity and declared it to be the religion of the Roman Empire, the church began to believe, hey, we really are going to gain ascendancy in the world to the point that we will take over the world, and the, the whole world will be Christianized. And if we're going to take over the world, we don't need to wait for Jesus to institute His Kingdom. We will be able to 
create a kingdom here on earth and we'll just hand it over to the Lord when He returns. And so they removed any expectation of Jesus' reign and they said, well, that's spiritualized to mean He'll reign through the church. And even after the Reformation, when Christians said, we're going to go back to Scripture, we're going to go back to sola scriptura, Scripture only, there was still a great fervor for evangelism. And for many years there were great missionary waves of people who went out to evangelize the world, and that's a great thing. They were motivated correctly, but they began to believe, you know what, we really may be able to bring about a Christianized world. And so you can read some of the writings of leading amillennialists, and they state point blank, we will Christianize the world. Jesus Christ will return to a Christianized Earth, and we'll yeah, just we'll hand do the it, key. We'll do it instead of him. Doing we'll it. do it. You know, we'll we'll give the Holy Spirit in fact, some that was credit. The, that was the predominant viewpoint in Christianity at the beginning of the 20th century. You look at what was written in the 1890s, and they all expected this: the 20th century be the century of Christianity, when we will conquer the world, and by yes. the end of that century, we will be reigning supreme and preparing for the Lord's return. Exactly so. We can use an analogy. A lot of people look back and call the 20th century the American century because America grew to prominence. Well, a lot of Christians would have thought this is going to be the Christian century where we're going to uh, eliminate Mohammedism, they called uh, Islam. We're going to prove that that is uh, false. And so those folks will adapt Christianity. The Far East, all the other parts of the world will be Christianized. In fact, the Disciples of Christ uh, denomination actually named their magazine the Christian Century at the beginning of the 20th century. How about that? Well, well, you what, go ahead. Oh, well, you addressed amillennialism, and it looks like you just addressed postmillennialism. Uh, why then is if the early church fathers were premillennialists, and yes. maybe you could quickly explain what premillennialism is, why is it not the major viewpoint today if it goes all the way back to the beginning with Jesus and the apostles? Well, again, okay, so a millennial is simply the expectation of a thousand year reign. So premillennialism, which is what we are advocating, means that the Lord is going to return and set up a kingdom that will last a thousand years. It is His period of reign on the earth, and there will still be mortals on the earth. Amillennialists don't accept the idea of a thousand years. They say, well, He's already reigning, but it's spiritualized, and He's reigning from Heaven through the church, and so there will be no thousand-year period. A post-millennialist would say, okay, I accept the idea of a thousand-year reign, but it's going to be a reign that's instituted by the church, and when that is over at the end of that thousand years, Jesus will return. We'll hand him the king, the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> and then we can just enter the eternal state. Like you state. said, well, that's, that's really pride. pride. Yeah. That, that is a lot of pride and a lot of expectation of man's power and ability. And so, again, premillennialist is going back to the early church fathers, the apostles, expecting Jesus to return. And it really goes back even to the question you asked about the title. Is our focus on Jesus Christ or is our focus on ourselves, mm -hmm. whether it's the church or me as an individual? And so... Now, one of the things you do in this booklet, and you do it so well, is that you start pointing out some of the weaknesses of the amillennial position because that is the majority viewpoint. So, we have just a little bit of time left in this segment, and we may have to bring this over to the second half, but start telling us some of the weaknesses and problems of amillennialism. Well, the weakness, first and foremost, it does not look forward to a reign of Jesus Christ. And that is a promise given to Jesus. I think sometimes it's very important for us to change our perspective because oftentimes we want to think, what's in it for me? You know, why should I become a believer? Why should I study the Word of God? What good is it going to do for me? And yet, there are promises given in Scripture to the Jewish people. Obviously, that is a 
uh, a set of promises made to God's chosen people, the Jews. But there are other promises given to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus was not respected, He was not honored, He was not worshipped by the masses when He came the first time. He was humiliated and He was rejected. But the Lord God has promised that He will receive the glory and the honor that He's due, the worship of all the world. And so during that millennial reign, Jesus will receive what He has been due throughout eternity, and that is the adoration of mankind. And obviously another major problem with the amillennial position is that it spiritualizes all of these oh, promises yes. to remove any literal understanding, whether it's of a thousand year reign or of these various promises. All right, we're going to take a break here for a few moments, and when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about amillennial weaknesses. For example, the Bible says that when the millennium begins, Satan will be bound. Is Satan bound? It says that uh, there will no longer be any war. <laughs> Are we in a peaceful world? It says that the animal kingdom will be reconciled to itself and to men. Right. Has that happened? Let's talk about those specific weaknesses in amillennialism when we come back, okay? Look forward to it. Here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we have several outstanding Bible prophecy speakers who are available to preach and teach at churches and conferences. Let me take a moment to introduce them to you. First, there is Colonel Tim Moore, our Associate Evangelist and my designated successor. Then there is Nathan Jones, our Internet Evangelist and my co-host on this program. We also have two outstanding Assistant Evangelists who serve the ministry part-time. One is Dr. Patrick Oliver, who is Director of the Criminal Justice Program at Cedarville University in Ohio. He is also the former Police Chief of Cleveland, Ohio. Our other Assistant Evangelist is Pastor Vic Batista of Florida. Vic can preach in either English or Spanish. We are a faith ministry, so we charge no fees for our services. We just expect the host group to cover all expenses and provide a love offering for our ministry. You can find more detailed information about each of these Bible prophecy speakers on our website at lamblion.com. Give us a call. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, our discussion with Tim Moore about his new booklet in which he defends the premillennial viewpoint and encourages Christians to live looking for the Lord's return. Yes. Now, let, let's just pick up very quickly with this. Our millennials say we are in the millennium now, and they yes. spiritualize everything. But the, the Bible says that when we're in the millennium, Satan will be bound. How, how do they get around that? Well, they would claim that Satan is bound for those of us who are believers because he has no real sway over us. And yet, as you've said, Dave, uh -huh. if he has no sway, then he is on a very long chain because he's always nipping at our heels. But the other reality is Scripture promises that during this millennial kingdom, Satan will be bound so that he cannot deceive the nations. Who in their right mind would think that all the nations of the world are not deceived? I mean, we recently completed an election, and clearly our nation is among all the others that is being deceived on a daily basis. So, what about worldwide peace? It says in the millennium we're going to be worldwide peace, and sometimes our millennials say, "Well, that just means we're going to have peace of soul." But it talks about no more weapons and so. No more. Or weapons. the Jewish people being exalted that ten men will grab the hem of a robe and say, "Show us the Lord." Yeah. Well. Where can you show us Jesus Christ right and now? And then all the nations of the world will stream to Jerusalem so that they can worship and so that they can come. And if yeah. they do not, they will be punished. So, no, all these things have to be completely spiritualized away. And what's funny is even a millennialist will say, well, all the first coming prophecies, those are literal, but the second coming prophecies, those are all spiritual. I grew up in a church exactly like that. They said the Bible means exactly what it says from beginning to end. Unless it's talking about the second coming, it never means what it says. What? 
The first coming prophecies meant what they said. No, the Bible says that the whole earth will be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice. As Jesus We're a reigns, long way from that. well, exactly, as he reigns from Mount Zion with a rod of iron. Well, he is not reigning from Mount Zion. You know, you can go back to the promise made to Mary uh, when Gabriel came with the Annunciation and he gave a list of promises, eight of them. He said that she would conceive a child, give birth to a son, his name would be Jesus, he will be great, he will be called the Son of the Most High. Those have been fulfilled, but the last three have not. He will be given the throne of his father David, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. That has not actually been Well, they argue that realized. the house of Jacob is the church. Well, yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. That's why I love the teachings of the Puritan pastor, Cotton Mather. Yeah. He explained that the Kingdom of God does exist today, the Kingdom of Christ. It's through the church. There's an ecclesiastical. There's also God's sovereign and that Jesus is over the affairs of the world. But there's a, a fourth component, he said, that hadn't been fulfilled yet, and that's the Davidic Kingdom, Amen. to fulfill Amen. the promise that King David would always have an heir sitting on his throne. Well, again, it goes back to the idea that I'm at the center of, of everything, yes. and so all the promises really relate to me. They don't. Some do, and gloriously, there are promises made to us as individuals and to the church. But there are other promises made to the Jewish people, and there are promises made to Jesus Christ. God will fulfill mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. one of those promises, and we can't just be spiritualizing away His promises or the Jews' promises or saying, hey, they all belong to me. Now, at the very beginning, you mentioned that one of the reasons you wrote this book is because I was prodding you like mad. <laughs> but there was another reason, there was a conversation another. with a young man. Yes, Tell us about that. I was going to yeah. look at that. That's a, a really young good pastor, story. a friend of mine, who I have great mm -hmm. appreciation for because he is dedicated to the Lord. He, he loves to study the Word. But I got to talking to him. He said, I didn't know what you were really involved in. Tell me about your ministry. And I explained to him how we proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, how we look forward to His reign. And he said, wow, that's really interesting. I don't know much about it. And I said, well, what is your perspective? And he said, well, I think I'm a millennial. And I asked, why? And his response was telling. He said, I don't know. And I thought, well, how can you not know if you're a student of the Word of God? And so, as we began to talk, he made it very clear he'd not studied the prophetic Word, Things and he just know, kind right? of absorbed an expectation that, well, there will not be a millennial reign. And so, that is the default position of the church, and has been for many, many years. And primarily, it's because people either haven't studied God's Word in the prophetic uh, passages, or they've just kind of had this expectation that the church will take ascendancy, and they're not looking forward to Jesus' return. Tim, that's been my experience as well amongst a lot of pastor friends and, and other ministers who, who just have never studied Bible prophecy. So they seem to always leave the land in the amillennial view or the pan-millennial view. It's yeah. all just going to pan, pan out. out in the end. And once you start showing them Bible prophecy, they move into a premillennial viewpoint because it's a biblical viewpoint and makes sense. Well, I, I, if you read even some of the writings of the great, uh, you know, advocates of amillennialism. There's one I, I quote in here. He says, by eliminating the alleged millennium. The alleged millennium? Well, the Lord specifies <laughs> six times in Revelation 20 that will occur. But He said, if you put the two resurrections into one, the different judgments into one, and declare that when Christ comes, He comes to the end of the age to judge the world, we get rid of all the difficulties <laughs> that are brought about by premillennialism and wow. postmillennialism. Okay. And then another postmillennialist who says, Frank, we have no desire for such a state as premillennialism sets forth. And you think, well, you have no desire. Again, it goes back to what do I want? The and church wants to rule instead of Jesus. Didn't Jesus chastise the, the Sadducees and Pharisees for that exact same thing? He did. And so, okay. we have to keep a, an eternal perspective 
but sometimes we have to look through through God's eyes and He has revealed His perspective to us. That's what He provided in Revelation was an understanding of what He plans and in Revelation 20 it very clearly says He will reign for a thousand years. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They read Revelation 20 and say, well, the, the Millennial Kingdom, this Kingdom of Christ is only talked about in Revelation 20. They never read the Old Testament that's passages true. about and they miss Isaiah all the Isaiah is obsessed with it. Oh, yes. yes. And that's where we get all the understanding of the animal kingdom being restored, of the, sea, the Dead Sea coming back to life as a fountain flows from the throne in Jerusalem all the way down to the Dead Sea and it teems with life. So, all these promises for the earth, for the animal kingdom, for the Jewish people, People are in the Old Testament, but we as Christians should not uh, dismiss The Amillennial Church I grew up in never studied the Old Testament. And, and with regard to Revelation, they actually would get up in the pulpit and say, well, yeah, it says here in Revelation 20 there's going to be a, a, a thousand year reign of the Lord, it says six times. Yes. But it's only mentioned one place in the Bible, so it couldn't be important. I thought, how many times does <laughs> yeah. God have to mention something? For me, uh, it's only once. Exactly. Well, let's talk about part five of your book. Oh, okay. You have a very unusual title. And tell them what the title is and where you got the idea okay. and what that section's all about. Well, I found this was a fascinating way just to kind of sum up the ideas in this book and probably others. But I call the uh, the section, the part five, who, what, when, where, how, and why. And that's yeah, actually a paraphrase of a Rudyard Kipling poem that says, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. And so, with that Kind of synopsis. I thought that'd be a good way to summarize these ideas. So that, the, that incidentally is one of the fundamental rules they teach you in journalism school. Mm, these are the questions you ask. Yes. <laughs> who, what, where, why, when? So the who obviously is Jesus Christ. Right. The focus is on Jesus Christ and the the reality, not the spiritualized concept, but the reality, literally, that He will physically reign on the earth from the throne of His father David. The what is that reign, that millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth and over all the earth. The when, this comes down to the real crux of disagreement between premillennialist, amillennialist, postmillennialist, is the timing. We believe that Jesus is returning to the earth prior to this millennial reign and that He will institute that glorious reign and, and do so for a thousand years. The where, again, is very specific in Scripture. It will be from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. So, Jerusalem still has great prominence in the plan of God. It will be the capital of the world during the it millennial will. kingdom. And that's again, okay. that's where all the nations are going to stream to go and to worship. How? Well, Jesus, when He returns to earth in that glorious second coming, will speak a word defeating the Antichrist and the armies gathered wow. in the Valley of Armageddon with just the breath of His mouth. It won't be a battle like we think of and Hollywood might produce. It will be one word, and the power of that word from Jesus Christ will annihilate His enemies, and then Satan will be bound. The why, and here goes back to really a key. The purposes of this Millennial Kingdom are to fulfill all these prophetic promises to Jesus Christ, first and foremost. They are to provide this Sabbath millennium when the earth will be refreshed. You know, the earth groans for its restoration ever since the curse was inflicted based on Adam's sin. And so it groans for restoration, and this Sabbath millennium will be a period of rest and restoration for the entire earth. 
Third, it is to fulfill the promises to the Jewish people so that ten men will grab the garment of a Jew mm -hmm. and say, let us go with you. We heard that the Lord lives in your midst. Yes, He does, in Jerusalem. And that's where millennials would strongly disagree with you because yeah. they would say God has washed His hands of the Jewish people and has no purpose well, left. Well, they haven't read Romans chapter yeah. 9 through 11. That's true. that's true. And then finally, mm -hmm. the fourth reason is to fulfill the promise to the church that we, the whole church, will one day reign with Jesus Christ over all the earth. All the prophecies say that the Lord will sit on the throne of David when He is reigning over all the earth, and amillennialists say He's sitting on the throne of David in Heaven today. How do you respond to that? Well, again, that totally spiritualizes what Scripture says. When throne he's of David's reign only been in one place in all of history. In, in Jerusalem. And so, <laughs> when the Scripture says He will reign from the throne of His father David on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, yeah. you have to discount all of those specific uh, promises and say, well, we'll just spiritualize Jesus them away. sits on His Father's throne right now by His Father, but He says Himself, when I return I will allow you to sit on My throne. Yes. We're going to reign with Him. That's amazing. It's interesting that you, you talk to a lot of these pastors who are amillennial and people who follow amillennialism, and they just disregard the 27% of the Bible that's Bible prophecy. They say, well, it's just too pie in the sky, or it's too depressing or disappointing. It's all gloom and doom. But you've just painted a beautiful picture of the future ahead. What would you say to these pastors to get them excited that Bible prophecy is more relevant than just trying to identify the Antichrist or the mark of the beast or whatnot? Well, again, it puts our focus on Jesus Christ. You know, when I sign off oftentimes, Dave, I know you talked about uh, in the name of Jesus our blessed hope. I've taken to saying to Jesus our soon returning King, because He is. He is returning soon and He will reign as our King. So, the focus is on Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and it's not divisive. This is something we should be anticipating with great glory. Dave, at the beginning of this program you, you said and quoted uh, or paraphrased what Paul had to write to Timothy, obviously two of my favorite books of the Bible. But in chapter 4 verse 8 he says, "...in the future there is laid up for me, here's what's in it for me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but to all who have loved His appearing." And so, as we look forward to the reign of Jesus Christ, his appearing. The focus is on Him, and yet we receive a blessing. Wow, that is wonderful. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to getting that reward, I'll tell you for sure. Well, I hope that uh, our viewers will get serious about Bible prophecy, and they too will live with that hope of the Lord's coming so that they too can receive that reward. Amen and amen. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy. Folks, if you'd like to get a copy of Tim's new booklet, stay tuned and our announcer will tell you how you can get a copy of it together with two of our other booklets, a very special offer. Tim, I want to congratulate you on an outstanding booklet and uh, do you have any final word for our viewers? Well, I just will conclude with what I write at the very end. Whether you're a believer, a Jew, or an unbeliever, this booklet hopefully will give you a challenge and an encouragement to be looking forward to our Jewish Messiah and His return and to put your faith in Him. I know as a matter of fact it'll do that. Yes. Well, folks, that's our program for today. I hope it's been a blessing to you and I hope too, the Lord willing, that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. We have a very special offer for you regarding Colonel Tim Moore's new 48-page booklet about the millennial reign of Jesus. We're offering his booklet together with two others for a gift of only $10, including the cost of shipping. The other two booklets are by Dr. Reagan. 
One is his very popular 40-page booklet titled A Prophetic Manifesto. The other is a shorter one with the title Are You Ready for the Lord's Return? Colonel Moore's booklet explains the premillennial view of end-time events in detail and provides convincing arguments against the amillennial viewpoint. Dr. Reagan's Prophetic Manifesto is a hard-hitting survey of the rapidly increasing deterioration of our society and the equally fast increase in Christian apostasy. Over 100,000 copies of this booklet have been distributed worldwide. Dr. Reagan's booklet about the Lord's return is a witness publication designed for non-Christians and those who claim to be Christian but are Christians in name only. Again, all three of these booklets can be yours for a gift of only $10 or more, including the cost of shipping. To order, call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 962. Don't miss this opportunity to get this wonderful bundle of three biblical booklets that speak to the issues of our times and provide hope for the future. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 